The next couple of Mishnayas until the end of the parak discuss different items which one might use to perform Kiddushan on a woman by giving her the item as long as it's worth at least a Shavah Prutah. That is how Kiddushan is generally done. And the Mishnah discusses various items which one is forbidden to benefit from, perhaps in certain ways, and whether if he performs Kiddushan with that, it would be valid. Hamkadosh Bechelkoi, a Kohen who performs Kiddushan with his portion in the Korbanos. Most Korbanos which are brought in the Beis HaMikdash, part of it goes to the Kohanim. Whether it be korbanos which have a higher level of sanctity and holiness, for example, a korban chatos, these korbanos are entirely given to the koyen. Apart from the parts which are burnt on the mizbeach, the kohanim receive all of the meat of these korbanos. Being kochim kalim, or whether it be korbanos which have a lower level of holiness and sanctity, for example, a korban shalomim, and these korbanos are given mostly to the owners who are bringing the korban for them to eat. However, there are certain parts of the korban which are given to the kohanim as well. So once the kohen has received a uh, part of the korban for him to eat, enam kudeshes. If he uses that for Kedushin, then the woman would not be considered Mekudoshes because the Kedushin is invalid. The reason being that the Korbanos are not considered to be belonging to the Kohanim. The Korbanos belong to, as it were, Hashem. It is not in the monetary possession of the Kohanim. Except that the Torah said that they have the right to eat it. So when they eat it, it's considered to be that they sort of own the Korbanos regarding eating it. But regarding all other uses and benefits, it is not considered to be theirs, and therefore the condition will be invalid because they haven't given over something which belongs fully to them. And regarding this use, it's not considered to be theirs at all. And for the condition to be valid, one has to transfer the ownership of that item from himself to the woman. But my Sashani, what happens if somebody gives my Sashani to the woman? My Sashani is one of the tithes, a tenth of one's produce which a farmer needs to separate. And although most tithes are given either to the Karnim or the Leviim or poor people, my Sashani is unique in that one separates a tenth of his produce and he separates it for himself. But that produce gains holiness and it must be eaten within Yerushalayim. So according to the first opinion in the Mishnah, Ben Shoigig Ben Mezid, whether he did Kedushin using Maishashani by mistake, meaning either he or she didn't realize it was Maishashani, or whether it was intentional, Loi Kiddush, he has not formed Kedushin, it's considered to be an invalid Kedushin. Dever Meir, that is the opinion of Meir. Reason being that according to Meir, Maishashani is considered to be Momin Govoya. It's considered to be, as it were, the possession of Hashem. It is not considered to be the owner's possession anymore, just like Korbanis for Kohanim. And therefore, just like if one did Kedushin using Korbanis, it wouldn't be valid, so too my Sashani. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Beshoigeg, if he did the Kedushin using my Sashani unintentionally, and this actually means that he knew it was my Sashani, but the woman receiving the Kedushin did not realize that it was my Sashani. And we're talking about a situation where he did the Kedushin outside of Yerushalayim. In that case, Lukide, she has not done a valid Kedushin, since when she received it, she didn't realize that she was ne- she needed to eat it within Yerushalayim. And it's assumed that there's a very likely chance that had she realized that she could only eat this in Yerushalayim, and she has to bring it up to there, then she wouldn't have received it as Kedushin. She wouldn't have accepted it, and therefore it's considered to be a Mecca Taos. She acquired that item based on misinformation. She lacked an important piece of information that she had to take it up to Yerushalayim, and therefore the Kedushin would be invalid. Bemazed. However, however, if it was done intentionally... Meaning that she did realize that it was Maishashani, then Kiddush, the Kiddushin, is valid. Because according to Yehuda, Maishashani is not considered to be Momen Govoya, as it were Hashem's property. But rather it's called Momen Hediot. It's in the possession of the regular person who owns it. And therefore, since he owns it properly, he can transfer the ownership over to the woman, and the Kedushin would be valid. Uva Hektosh, what happens if somebody uses an item belonging to the Beis HaMikdosh, and he gives that, he transfers the ownership of that item to the woman. 
there's certainly forbidden benefiting from property of the base Hamikdash in any way, or even transferring its ownership to somebody else, is called Me'ila. And it is forbidden, and the Mishnah says that according to the first opinion, Bemezid, if he did it, if he did it intentionally, then Kiddush. The Kiddushan is valid, because according to the first opinion, one violates Me'ila when doing this on purpose, and once one violates Me'ila intentionally, so it actually takes away the holiness within that item, and that item is no longer considered to be sanctified and belonging to the Samikdash once somebody has violated Me'ila with that item. And because of that, it's now considered, therefore, the transaction does work. And the ownership is transferred to the woman. However, over Shegeig, if it is done unintentionally, he didn't realize it was Hektash, then Loikide she has not fulfilled Kiddushin. Dibir Meir, that is the opinion of Rebbe Meir, who holds that when one violates Me'ila unintentionally, then the ownership does not get taken away from Hektash, and therefore the ownership didn't get transferred to the woman, so the Kiddushin is invalid. On the other hand, Rebbe Huda, Rebbe Huda says, Kiddush, if he does it unintentionally, then the Kiddushin is valid, because according to Rebbe Huda, Me'ila gets rid of the Kiddusha, the holiness of that item, if one violates Me'ila unintentionally, but Bemeza, if he does it on purpose, then Loikideshi has not done Kiddushin, since the holiness remains with that item when one violates Me'ila intentionally. Mishnah test. This Mishnah lists a number of things which are forbidden to benefit from, and the Mishnah comes to tell us that if somebody gives that to a woman to f- perform Kiddushin, then the Kiddushin is invalid. One needs to give the woman something which is worth at least a show of Prutta, and something which one cannot benefit from is not worth anything. If you wanted to sell that item, you wouldn't receive anything for it, because it's forbidden to benefit from it. And therefore, the Kiddushin would be invalid. Have a Kaddish Orla, one who does Kiddushin, by giving the woman Orla. Orla refers to fruit which grew on a tree during the tree's first three years since it was planted. And it is forbidden to benefit from those fruit. Beklea Kerem, Kilaim of a vineyard. Kilaim refers to when two different species, in this case, are planted together. So if one plants a different type of, of seed in a vineyard, and it grows together with the vine, that is forbidden to be in benefit and therefore the Kiddushin would be invalid. Bashar HaNiskal, an ox, which the Basin have given a verdict that the ox needs to be killed, and that refers to a case where an ox kills a person, so the Basin kill the ox, and it is forbidden to benefit from that ox. Over Egla Rufa, a calf whose neck has been broken, the Torah says that if a dead body, somebody was killed in an area, and it's not known who killed that person. So the basin of the nearest city need to bring a calf to the area where that person was killed, and they break the calf's neck, and they go through a process there, and that process is described in Masech Saita. But as it may, that calf, it's forbidden to benefit from it, and therefore, if somebody gave that to a woman for Kedushan, it would be invalid. But it's probably Metzorah, the birds of a Metzorah. A Metzorah is somebody who has Tzara'as, certain spots on his body. And when he has this, he is Tomei. And at the end of the period where he is Tomei, in order to purify himself once again, part of the purification process involves bringing two birds, slaughtering one of them, and sending one of them away. And we're going to understand that the Mishnah is referring to the one which you would slaughter, that it is forbidden to benefit from that bird. Uvisai Nozir, the hair of a Nozir. A Nozir is somebody who accepts upon himself the prohibitions applying to a Nozir. There are three of them, not drinking wine, not cutting his hair, and not becoming Tomei to dead bodies. And at the end of his Nazirus period, he needs to shave off all of his hair and bring carbonis. And when he shaves off all of his hair, that hair is forbidden to benefit from. Over Bosabacholov, a mixture of meat and milk. It is learned from Psukim that it's forbidden to benefit from that as well. Over an animal which is, has not been sanctified and is slaughtered inside the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash. That's a prohibition. And once that has been done, it's forbidden to benefit from that meat. 
from that animal. In all of these cases, says the Mishnah in Mekodeshes, she would not be Mekodeshes, the Kedushan is invalid, because she has not received anything which is worth something. However, says the Mishnah, Mekhoron, what happens if somebody sold one of these items above, and with the money which he got for those items, of course it was forbidden to sell it, because he's benefiting from it. However... Once it has been sold, the halacha is, with all of the things listed here, that the money which he receives in return for it, he is allowed to benefit from. There are a couple of things which are forbidden to benefit from. For example, Avodah idolatry. If somebody sold an idol and received money in return, it would be forbidden to even benefit from the money. However, the things which are listed in our Mishnah, it is permitted to benefit from the money which he receives in return for these things. And therefore, if he gave the money, the Kiddush Bidmeyen, he did Kiddushin with the woman using that money, then Mekodeshes, she would be Mekodeshes. The Kiddushin is valid because it is permitted to benefit from that money. Mishnah Yodam Kaddish by Truma is one who performs Kiddushin by giving a woman Truma. Truma is the gift, the tithe, which is given to Kohanim, and that is considered to belong to the Kohanim. It's not like Korbanos, but this actually belongs to the Kohanim themselves, and it is their property. Over Maestras, or with other tithes, such as Maestrasim, which goes to the Levi, over Matonos, or other gifts, this refers to the parts of Korbanos, which are given to Kohen. Since all of these things belong to the Kohen or the Levi, so it would be valid Kedushin. Over Mechatos, or the water which is collected for the sake of the Paraduma ashes, which will be mixed with that water, and then that solution would be sprinkled upon people who have become Tomei from a dead body. That's part of the purification process. And the mission adds with Ephichatos the ashes used of the, the ashes of the Paraduma. Even though by doing the actual mitzvah of sprinkling this solution onto Tomei people, it's forbidden to take money for that. And of course, the ashes in the water themselves aren't really worth anything. However, Tommy people would pay you for you to bring, to transport, to go through the effort of transporting the, the, that solution, the water or the ashes, to where they are. And therefore, you can get a monetary benefit from this solution, or from the water, or from the ashes, and therefore it is considered to, considered to be of monetary worth, and therefore, Haizah Mekodeshes, she would be Mekodeshes, the Kedushin would be valid. And now the Mishnah adds that in the first couple of cases, when, for example, Truma, if one gives Truma to the woman, Va'athuri Yisrael, even if he is a Yisrael, and he's not a Koyen, it would still be valid um, Kedushin if he gave that to the woman. And the Gemara explains we're talking about a very specific case. We're not talking about a case where a Yisrael farmer has the tithes and he hasn't yet separated them because it's not considered to belong to him. We're talking about a case where a Yisrael had a grandfather who was a Koyen, meaning his mother was the daughter of a Koyen, and he died and the closest relative, let's say, the one in who was in line to inherit him was this Yisrael. And he inherited from his grandfather produce from which the tithes and the truma had not yet been separated. Now, since his grandfather was a Koyen, all he needed to do was to separate it and give it to himself. And because of that, we view it as if, even before he actually separates it physically, we view it as if he separated the tithes already, since he'll end up going to himself anyway. And therefore, when his grandson, the Israel, inherits it from him, he inherits it from him once it already belongs to him. And therefore, there's no longer an obligation on this Israel to give the truma to a koyen. It's as if he just inherited regular truma of his grandfather to him. Now, of course, he can't eat it because it's considered truma, but he hasn't got a mitzvah of giving it to a koyen. It's as if his grandfather had already had already given it to himself. So it already got to a koyen, and now it's in the property of the Israel. Of course, he can't eat it, so he would have to sell it or something, but it's worth money, and therefore the kedushin would be valid. 
We learned already earlier on in the Masechta that one is able to perform Kiddushin by sending a messenger to do it for him. Now what happens if I'm like one who says to his friend, Go out and perform Kiddushin on my behalf to a particular woman. And this messenger went, He went and performed Kiddushin on this woman for himself. He didn't tell her that he was supposed to be a messenger on behalf of the other person. He just went to that exact woman and said that I'm performing Kiddushin on you for me. So the Mishnah Mekudeshes, the Kedushin is valid, why not? He intended to perform Kedushin on her, she accepted the Kedushin, she wanted to receive it, so it's considered to be valid. And the point of the Mishnah is to say that I might have thought that had she known that the other person had sent this person as a messenger to perform Kedushin on his behalf, then she would never have received this Kedushin from this person. And therefore, it's based on a misinformation. So it might be a mekartos, it might be an invalid uh, transaction, an invalid kedushin. So the Mishnah says that no, at the end of the day, she did want to receive the kedushin from this man, and so the kedushin would be valid. Similarly, one who says to a woman, You should be mekudeshes to me, I'm performing kedushin on you, so that it take effect after 30 days. And one is able to do that. He's doing the act of Kedushin now, but the actual effect of the Kedushin will only begin in 30 days' time. And then another man came within those 30 days and performed Kedushin on her. Says the Mishnah, she's considered to be Mukudesha to the second man, because the effect of the first Kedushin has not taken place at all yet, and therefore the second person's Kedushin got there first. And that condition is totally valid. And they can go through their marriage. It's not a doubt at all. And Misha says, Basisrael a Koyain. If she is a Basisrael and the second man is a Koyain, then Teichel Batruma. She is permitted to eat Truma once they are fully married. Because it's a totally valid Kedushin. Now, what happens if somebody does condition on a woman and he says that I am performing condition on you from now and after 30 days? So it's not quite clear what he means. It could mean... That originally, when he did the Kiddushin, he wanted to perform Kiddushin now. But then he changed his mind straight away and he said that actually I want to perform Kiddushin after 30 days. And he's able to do that as long as he, within a couple of seconds, he changes his mind. He's able to do so and the Kiddushin would take effect only after 30 days. On the other hand, it could be that he didn't change his mind, but he's making a condition. He's saying that I'm performing Kiddushin now. But I'm making a condition that I'll still be alive in 30 days' time. And in 30 days' time, it should take effect retroactively from now. As long as we're still both around in 30 days' time. And in that case, indeed, it would, have, it would after 30 days, it would retroactively begin from now. Now, after he performed this Kiddushin, Uvo Acher, another man came, the Kitchup Sanchlashim Yoim, and performed regular Kiddushin on her within those 30 days. Says the Mishnah, Mukudeshes Vein Mukudeshes. She's considered in a state of doubt of whether the second Kiddushin was valid or not. And the truth is, this doubt exists regarding the first man as well. She's possibly Mukudesha to the first person, and possibly Mukudesha to the second person. Because if the 30 days was retracting from what he originally said, so then that would, the condition would only take place after 30 days, which means that the second person got there first. However, if he meant that it should begin now, on condition that he's still alive and she's still alive after 30 days, that means that the first person's condition got there first, on the, uh, the beginning. So it's a doubt as to who performed condition first, and therefore she would require a divorce from either both of them or from one of them, and then the other one should perform condition again, just to be sure. And the Mishra says that until they have done that, whether she is a Basisrael married to a Koyen, meaning... One or both of them is a Koyen or Baskoyen Yisrael, whether she's a Baskoyen and she received Kedushin from Yisrael. Whatever it may be, she may not eat Truma because it's a doubt as to whether she is Mukudeshes to, the, to, either, to either man. 
So unless both of them are kohanim, she would not be able to eat truma.